Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Slayers, and welcome to another episode of She Slays Today podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Brunslick. And I'm your co-host, not Dr. Kirby Brunslick. Welcome. Welcome back to the show, co-host. Thank you. I don't know. It's been a minute. Well, we did not a, really. We did a thing for Patreon people, but yes. Yep. Yep. No. You're just you're just an old person now. You're on all the time. But I feel like I'm going through a stage where I just don't want to be alone. Like it's more fun chatting with somebody and the, well, the Patreon, I love it, but all of my like chiropractic soloness, I feel like tends to go into that. So like, cause once a month I do like an hour long yada, yada about chiropractic. <laughs> Click the link in the show notes if you want more yada, yada. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, and so then when it comes to the podcast, I'm like, oh, I don't want to talk about chiropractic by myself. I just want to talk to somebody about something else. Well, I know a lot about something else. <laughs> but this is, is this a chiropractic podcast? Would you say this is a py- chiropractic? I almost said a pirate podcast. Are you still podcasting? <laughs> uh, yeah, you're still a chiropractic podcast. You have enough like dyed in the wool, awesome chiropractors like D- Dr. Sharina you just had. Yeah. Like that's- No, but like. I feel like in the beginning, I did a lot more. You know what it is? I haven't gotten a question in a long time. I really like answering specific chiropractic questions. Um, But I feel like, you know, I've done an episode on, we're coming on our four years. Yeah, June will be four years, right? So, you know, it's like, I don't know. I feel like I've talked about a lot of stuff. I do. You know what I don't know? is how people who have like a really niche um, market. So like today we're going to talk about our Airbnb journey, but like there are tons of podcasts out there about Airbnbs. Um, Oh my God, like how do you just keep repeating the same stuff? Well, I mean with Airbnb, there's lots of like feature updates and stuff too. So anytime they roll out a new one, I feel like there's that. I feel like there's a million horror stories that you could- Okay, but there are podcasts on podcasting. Like- how are they on episode 300 finding shit to talk about? Amy Porterfield, Jenna Kutcher. Like, I feel like if you look at their podcasts, it is like 10 topics over and over and over again, just in different titles. 
That's where guests come in handy because then you're exploring someone's story and like who they are and what their experience is. I think it is the ADHD in me that's like, yeah, no, I don't want What do you mean? You want me to talk about opening a clinic or again systems and procedures hiring like go i think i've talked about that twice already on the podcast like you want it again yeah people need stuff repeated this is why i don't coach this is what because people do need it repeated and i'm like i said it once oh this is a Kirby knows this. This is like a pet peeve of mine. I hate repeating myself. Very much so. But I also have the world's worst memory. So, of course, I don't. Um, I'm given tons of grace if I need a repeating. But no, if, yeah, I don't like repeating myself. So, but anyways, today, what are we talking about today? We are going to talk about our Airbnb journey. I feel like it's been explored a little bit through intros and stories we've told, but I don't believe I looked back through, I can't find it. So someone tell me if we're repeating ourselves. <laughs> Somebody tell me because we <clears throat> couldn't find an episode. But we're going to talk about the the specifics of our our journey through buying a property, fixing it up, putting it on Airbnb, the mistakes, the wins, mm-hmm. what we learn, what we yeah. do different, all that stuff. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, anything going on? Any updates in life? Hmm. I literally, the only thing going on in my life is the book series. <laughs> Lauren learned to read. Well, so some, apparently somebody sent me a message. They're like, oh my God, I'm just listening to this episode. And you said like, I don't have time for nonfiction. I'm into fairy romance i don't know what comes out of my mouth that's why anytime somebody like is like oh my god this episode your intro and i'm like what did i say what did i say <laughs> so many strengths but remembering is not one of them but yeah no okay so for those who are maybe not following along on instagram as much i fell down a rabbit hole uh that is a court of thorns and roses and that was like a year ago. Mm-hmm. And I, I read some of them with you. I made you read all of them. Oh, yeah. The first, those three. Yeah, that's right. You didn't read the fourth one that got real pornographic. Um, but the first three were more like, like adventure with love and fairies. <laughs> Not fairies, but what do they call Fae people? Fae magic. Mad, yeah. Anyways, so if you're looking for a good fiction read this summer, highly recommend A Court of Thorns and Roses. Then it's like three or four books. But then I fell into a depression. It's called The Book Hangover. I'd never had it before. So now I'm reading the series by the same author that she had actually written first, but it's young adult. So like... I mean, one positive is you got to read a book with Charlie and go on her book podcast, which is cool, which we'll put a link to that too if you want to hear Lauren and our amazing 11-year-old discuss a book. Well, what's really funny is in that process, I... So, okay. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to read this book. Charlie likes reading, but I don't want to read her stuff because I'm a slightly selfish person. And so I'm like, oh, maybe this is, since it's young adult, mature enough for Charlie and so we look it up and it's PG-13. And I'm like, she's 11. Same difference. Uh, okay. So let's just say that I had to explain to Charlie what the word rape means Jesus. and virgin. Yeah. 
So apparently there is a difference between, and it didn't and go into you, details. And your go-go style is like, let's start reading this book together while you're like 10 pages ahead of In her. In my defense, we looked it up. We both looked it up and it said besides like in chapter wherever where there is some, what did they say? Some passionate kisses. I don't even know if it said that. Like, yes, this is an appropriate book for a kid. Not a kid, but like whatever. Anyways, there's the difference. PG-13. I just remember being 11 and like a PG-13 movie was like, oh, I got this. And I wasn't traumatized. Sure you weren't. Anyways, just to clarify, it did. There is not like a the R word, not like a scene or anything like that. It's like a one sentence where they allude to something in the past. And but anyways, I was just like, oh, crap. Okay, she's like a chapter behind me. And so, so yeah, we got to read that book together. One other bonus of you reading voraciously now is I don't feel guilty about... I thought you were going to go a different way with that. And I was like, Kirby, we are not... <laughs> there are other benefits to you reading this Anyways, type of book. Anyways, <laughs> yes. The young adult one, there's not that benefit. But um, the benefit of me reading a lot... Is I don't feel guilty that like normally in the past, like if I was like on a Saturday going like, oh, I just want to sit outside and read for an hour... You would be like buzzing around doing things, and then I feel guilty that I wasn't doing things and just reading. And now you read a ton, and then I get to go like, cool, I get to read now. I feel like worse of a person now that I am addicted. Like I am not folding laundry. I'm. It always not gets working. folded eventually. By you. Yeah, I don't mind. I'm just saying, like, I there. It's hard. Like I like I like loving a book. I love liking a book. <laughs> Whatever. Well, if you really want to fold laundry while you read, do what I do and just listen audiobooks. to a ton of audiobooks. That's true. Because that's, that's true, what that's I'm true, doing while I'm folding laundry. That's true. Okay. All right. Anyways, this is not the subject matter that we are supposed to be talking about today. So uh, we have a listener highlight. This one is on Apple, Apple Podcasts. So if we have any new listeners or if you have not had a chance to review us on Apple, I would love for you to be my next listener highlight. Um, so this is five stars and it's from Dr. Die. Die. Yeah. Cairo. Full of truth, wit, and wisdom. I have wit. You're so witty. How is wit different than funny? Wit is more clever, I think, in my mind. Hmm. So like it might not be a joke in like a public setting, but it might be like a semi-humorous aside that was very clever. I'm trying to figure out whether I would be described as funny or witty i think witty. i think i don't know i think you're more funny than witty i think of like when i, I think feel like i'm offended you shouldn't be like i think tom segura is funny i think like oscar wilde is witty mm. like i think of it as more like literary i think that i'm realizing i'd prefer to be funny as you're saying i'm witty i'm feeling offended and I'm like, i said you're more funny than witty you said oh i think i was just offended by anything <laughs> just Trigger warning. Never mind. I'm just offended that you said I'm not both. Okay. Anyways, Dr. Die. Uh, as a small town cash only startup office, this podcast was a must for me. I'm pretty sure that Dr. Lauren is speaking right to me like 99% of the time. It's really nice to get advice from someone that has been where I am. Thanks, Doc. Um, yeah. And if you are a small startup or not small, well, if you're a startup, I highly recommend joining the Roadmap to Success patreon tier because that is really what the patreon is for we kind of 
when we had the multi-passionate chiropreneur going, we realized like only a certain number of our followers were like going to benefit from that. And mm-hmm. then others wanted to work with me. And I'm like, well, ooh, startup stuff. Okay. So that's why we made that. So it's cheap, affordable, 25 bucks a month. And if you are a startup and you all could also just go back and listen to all of the episodes that I've done. Yeah. But I mean, it really distills it down into like the information for people who are looking for the truly like running a chiropractic clinic content and it's all there so like because we already said you're not going to be getting it from me anymore apparently i'm bored talking about it (laughs) so when you subscribe you get access to all the past ones too so you can binge like if you subscribe today you could binge five episodes or whatever since we've started the roadmap to success program and then follow along each month and you get to ask questions and you get to attend the live calls like i think that's the thing that people could get the most out of if they're truly looking to like work with you yes Anyways, Anyways, that wasn't supposed to be a promotion there. So thanks, Dr. Die. And if you have not left a review for the podcast, it would mean the world to me and my co-host. Totally. <laughs> okay. Set, set us up for a prayer and let's dig into the Airbnb world. All right. Take a deep breath. Relax a little bit. Dear God, thank you for the adventure that is this life. Uh, Thank you for the opportunities that you've put in front of us and putting the courage in us to be able to step forward and do them. Um, Help us to, to internalize the lessons that we've learned that so much of the best things we do in life are often the hardest things. And the point of this existence is not to seek comfort, um, but to build something and to grow um, with the people around us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, so let's start with a little background story. So, do you want to start in Palm Springs? That's where I was. That was start. exactly one year ago today. My Google no. Photos reminded me that we were in Palm Springs. Oh my god! So one year ago today, we did not own an Airbnb. We had no plans of owning an <laughs> well, Airbnb. Well, that's not true. It depends on exactly what day, because I am drunk in a pool at a awesome Airbnb in Palm Springs, like. I mean, Palm Springs is like one of those cities where their Airbnbs bring it. And Sade Kirby, we should have an Airbnb. And he goes something along the lines of like, yeah, that's that's in the plan. I'm like waiting for the housing market. Yeah, something mm-hmm. I'm preparing. Yes. that he, I don't know. In your mind, was that like a two to five year plan? Yeah. I figured <laughs> we would really save to do the down payment. We would assess properties. We'd look for a real steal. We would, you know, run the numbers and go like, you know, what's the best use of our money? What's the biggest cash on cash return? You know, investory stuff. Yeah, well you know, thought like out, planned, smart with your smart money kind of stuff. So then we, okay, so we're at the airport coming home from Palm Springs, and um, I, my brain seeks constant dopamine. And so usually what I do is plan the next trip on our way home. Yes. Like, Without fail. But this time I was doing something much more expensive and Mm -hmm. I was looking on Zillow. Oh my God. I saw a meme the other day that was like, can we just, can Zillow just accept what they actually are and allow comments? Nobody's there to actually look for houses. It's just, or for like buying. It's just like looking at houses and judging people for, you want how much for what? Anyways. um, So, okay. So I'm on Zillow. And it started with our town and I was like, oh, what's for sale? And a house that I've always loved and would run by was for sale. And I was like, oh my God, Kirby, side 
thing. This house is for sale. And he goes like, well, we can look at it. So you were like just looking at it for fun. Yeah. Yeah. I figured because it was it cost four times as much as our current house. And I figured like, well, we're not going to do this, but I want to see what the inside of it looks like. The pictures look pretty cool. And it was on a lake. And we currently don't live on a lake. We currently live two blocks from a lake, but that's not close enough. Okay. It's not. And you know it. Um, And that's an important part of the story is that like, I really wanted to be on a lake. That that was a dream that I woke up with that morning. (laughs) Let's turn our life upside down. So we go look at the house. It's a major fixer upper. And I'm like, let's do it. Um, and Kirby's not sold. The real estate agent says like, yeah, but I think we could sell your house for a ton. So then he's a little more sold. Then I'm, we're having a conversation about like all the things we would need to do to get our house ready to sell. And, uh, Kirby says like, I don't want to do it. I love our house. I didn't see this coming because, oh, this is because like it a wasn't the thing we've ago. ever talked about before. <laughs> yep. Um, and I, I, I don't want to just go into a more expensive house. I, you know, with a more expensive mortgage, I pictured us having a house on a lake that we could like rent and it's an investment property. And I was like, well, okay, I don't want to drag you kicking and screaming out of this house. I understand. How about we just continue both paths? We'll look for an Airbnb if the right one comes up. Mm-hmm. Is this? Is this yep. Yeah. In general. Okay. So then I am back on Zillow and looking for lake houses that we can Airbnb and we find one, but we're going to mile high. And so we messaged the real estate agent because this is last summer. This is when like shit was not on the market for long. Yeah. Yeah. Things were going really quick. And a lot of times people were getting above asking. And and this property was sold and then was back on the market, which is always a good sign. Yeah. A little nervous about when that inspection was going to come in. So we um, are like, hey, can we look at this when we get back? And the real estate agent was like, if it's still on the market, sure. Mm-hmm. So we go to Mile High. Shout out to Mile High. It was great. And then on our way home, on our drive home from the airport, Kirby slept and I listened to the host coach. Yep. I believe that's what it's called. I'll put Shout a Shout out to, to that book. Yep. Um, I listened to that book while driving and the melodic, um, what's it called when you like um, hypnotize? Yeah. yeah. Um, I was hypnotized by the author's words that an Airbnb is the greatest thing in the world and we are totally doing this so it must has have been skipped the chapter when they talked about like valuing the house right yep, for the totally actually i do remember it. he says like two hundred fifty thousand is like the sweet spot uh-huh. for... well this house was not two hundred fifty thousand. let's just say that so we go look at it and uh, ch- jump to the thing we buy it <laughs> yep yep it, so to explain the house a little bit it's a it's a pretty cool house but it's fairly old um built in like the 60s or 70s but not like charming but old? not yeah not charming old like in that like uh it's a little dated you know vinyl siding um a lot of the work was done by the previous owners which were old people um so you know they were walking around with construction Rumor people is- she died in the house. And mm. when I say rumor, I mean literally our neighbor 
told us she saw them taking a body bag out of the house. So, so it's haunted. There's yeah. a plus. Now we sage the shit out of that. Um, no, but it it's on 1.6 acres. It's on a really nice lake. There is a big yard that goes down to, well, there is now. But when we looked at it, um, it hadn't been lived in in two or three years. And the entire backyard had trees everywhere, everything grown up. The shoreline had a big like berm of dirt from ice pushing it up so it was like we could see the potential but it was you could see the potential more than i could definitely um but relative to fully done properties that were you know a mile away still on that same lake those were six seven eight hundred thousand dollars which would have been like no way no like we literally couldn't have come up with the down payment for them right so we got this one from first seeing it in like the second week of first, first week of June, June, we closed July 1st. And Palm Springs was the middle of May. Mm-hmm. So shit moves fast around here. Apparently Kirby's three to five year. And I think while I was drunk talking to you in Palm Springs, we were talking about like maybe Orlando or like. Yeah, like let's start the process of thinking about how to do this the best way. Which, by the way, I do not recommend an Airbnb in Orlando. Like, you have to pretty much be Disney in order to make it there. But anyways, so so there's the backstory. We buy this house, and then it's July 4th. It, like, we closed on July 2nd. Um, and w- up in Wisconsin, you do not have a year-round or a full year to make money on Airbnbs. You yeah, you have, can rent it out in the winter, but the, the surge pricing and when people want to stay is the summer. So we set the ambitious goal of we are going to have this rented out or starting to rent out like August 3rd. Which, But if you work backwards, before your first renter can be there, they have to find your Airbnb. And then before they find your Airbnb, you have to take photos of your Airbnb. So it's not like you can throw it up there while you're working. You can't take photos until like a room is done. So it was like we had two and a half to three weeks to flip this bitch as much as possible, Mm -hmm. take nice photos, put them on and get some renters in. And somehow like... A lot, lot of help. I mean, we had we just worked day and night. Uh, you had your mom and stepdad they basically come there, basically, live up with us. July. Yep. And just do everything. He's a contractor, so he was doing a lot of the fix it. She helped you with a lot of the, the oh, interior yeah. and design stuff. My mom is like stuff. a non-licensed co- contractor, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I got to borrow some awesome tools from my dad's friends. My dad's a farmer and has a bunch of uh, farmer friends who have stuff like a backhoe. So I got to use a backhoe for free. Which was fun. Now, what I will say is, so the month of July, I basically told my team, I will be Zooming in for meetings. I will be at these shifts that I'm adjusting. Um, I think we were really well staffed for chiropractors. So I think I took one full, an additional shift off a week. And I said, for the month of July, like, um, now, not, not, like when I talk about like different times of my leadership where I kind of dropped the ball on being a good leader and got like sidetracked. This was one of them. Um, it was not the best thing to do to our team to spring on them. Um, you know, I think they felt a little unsupported, but it was like five weeks. So it's like, oh my gosh, give me a break. Yeah. And I mean, it wasn't just you of like, I was much less available to fix things and solve problems and support and do design stuff. It was just kind of like, yeah, figure it out, which 
is helpful in some ways. I think some people learned some Canvas stuff and took on some initiative that I really, really appreciate that they did that. But at the same time, I felt I felt pretty ashamed after the month of like, I have barely talked to any of you and I have definitely not been checking my messages or helping you. Right. So anyways, there's lessons to be learned there if you are going to basically take a month off your practice on a last minute Airbnb that you bought. So do you want right. to talk like the design and the aesthetic and like why we did what we did? Yeah. So I, well, I mean, we were coming off the Palm Springs Airbnb uh, a whole six weeks earlier and they did a, they just made bold choices, mm -hmm. um, really bold choices that you would never do for your own house, but it was okay because we didn't have to live there. So it was, it was like, for instance, they had navy blue wallpaper with hot pink tigers on it in the bathroom. Like, you know what? I wouldn't choose that for my home. Yeah, but it was cool. But it was cool. And so it definitely made me realize that go bolder than you think. And it, people can stay there and actively not like a des design decision you made but they don't actually care. So like they would go because there were things there that would go like, huh, I do not like that photo. Whoop, whoop, time for margarita. Yeah. <laughs> like didn't matter. Well, and I think it's interesting too of like when you, when you're looking at, I think of it like in hotels, if you have something that's equal priced or similar priced and one has something cool, something Instagrammable, something that stands out, that's the thing that catches your eye, especially when people are scrolling through 30 choices of very similar type properties and very similar type rooms of like if it's tan walls and a king bed and you have the choice between that place and a place that has you know seagulls flying through the air and like some literal no i'm saying like I wallpaper. Saying, i would not like, choose the seagull no, you would house. definitely not choose the seagull house but no it's that thing that differentiates that gets people to stop their scroll and i think you did a fantastic job with that yes yeah. well so i mean the alternative is you pour money into making it like gorgeous luxury. Yeah. Like, so if it was a new build, if it was a brand new build, we probably would have gotten away with just everything being new and nice and clean. Mm -hmm. um, but it wasn't a new build. And so we needed to slap some pig on a lip, pig on a lipstick, lipstick on a pig. Yeah. So we had like pink carpet in the master bedroom. With or in the no one money bedroom. to redo the flooring. Yep. Normal like tan carpet in the living room and just white walls mm -hmm. and like a normal stone fireplace, not like a fancy like field stone hand done, like normal kit fireplace. Yeah. So... We, I mean, you can go, you'll include the... Yeah, I'll include the link to the listing so you can get yeah. pictures of the house and yeah. stuff. You can see because this is a podcast, so we can't show you. But like, yeah, we basic... Wallpaper's expensive, bro. But worth it. Um, Little side note on wallpaper. So Spoonflower is... I've spent... Oh my God. I spent hours, hours going through wallpaper um, decisions or choices and trying to pick which one but anyways ma there's three different kinds there is the kind that you apply your paste mm -hmm. there's the kind that the paste is already there but you gotta put it in water and you just have to water activate it and then there's peel and stick we uh, used all three three different kinds in the podcast and my preference in the project you mean in the podcast <laughs> in the project my favorite is the water activated one 
for sure. Hands Uh down. Um, The peel and stick is nice if you're doing like a small area. Um, So for instance, we did the peel and stick like as a backsplash in um, just like the 18 inches backsplash in the kitchen. And that was fine there. But I actually like being able to like maneuver it a little bit. And once it sticks, you don't. So anyways, mm-hmm. so if you're in the wallpaper market, that is my recommendation. There cool. Okay. And then honestly, again, because we had spent way too much money um, on a house without any like nest egg prepared to do this, it was just really a lot of garage sales, Facebook marketplace, um, putting together, but not wanting it to look hodgepodge. Yeah. So it was a ton of work. If you have money, like, you know what's easier? Just buying a $3,000 leather couch from Crate and Barrel. That's easier. But we didn't have that up. <laughs> we we did not have that. So. Yeah, a lot of Facebook Marketplace, a lot of garage sales. But keeping in mind the aesthetic that we wanted, which is, I don't even know how I would describe it. It's like... It's eclectic. Eclectic, yeah. it's We mixed some traditional like cabiny type elements because it is a house in the Northwoods on Not a lake. really. There's little like the old pictures and and like the little old toys and trinkets and stuff. There's that taxidermy frog playing a horn. Yeah. But then having more modern things like an accent wall in the bedroom, an accent wall in the living room. We wanted to go with the idea of you know, what's going to pop when people are scrolling, what's Instagrammable and not having any space look just common. Right. Yep. Very dog friendly. Oh, this is the thing. If you're thinking about an Airbnb, one of the biggest questions that you may need to decide is whether you want to accept dogs or not. Um, So dogs are like one of the number one filters mm-hmm. that or Airbnb claims they um, that's been for years as people like their dogs and they want to travel with their dogs. And we're in a setting where it would make sense that people would want to bring their dogs. So we, uh, and this gets back to a, a kind of a key thing of like, we had our ideal renter in mind the whole time of like, we did not want this to be a party house for bachelor parties to come and spend time on the lake. We wanted it to be more family friendly. Um, we expected it to be rented by Generally, people like us mm-hmm. who have a couple Maybe kids like have a dog. Yeah. Um, so we we decided to go the route of being dog friendly because our dog was going to be there when, oh, yeah. when we were using it, when it wasn't being rented. So we knew there was going to be some residual pet hair. But then she's a golden retriever and like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. You can vacuum everything. But I think hair fell down into the air ducts and then would redistribute itself after we cleaned. But no, so we had that in mind from the beginning and kind of catered the entire aesthetic and the entire experience when we were doing the outside work too of like what would we like as mm-hmm. amenities um so there's dog treats there's bowls for feeding there's balls and throwers so like we realize what people would want to do on a vacation to this particular property yeah so as far as choosing the location okay <laughs> We didn't really, you know, it was a lack of options because everything moved really fast. I like where we landed, but I don't know that like if we were doing this again, I don't know. Would you, would you recommend that? I, so here's, here's what I would do if we were going to do this again. I would use some tools um, like AirDNA um, that you can plug in your, your zip code and look at the properties that are on Airbnb 
It has a bunch of background data on like what the occupancy rates are, what are the average nightly rentals. So you can generally look at how much revenue most of the properties in your area are generating. So that's the start of your search. So you can balance that out. In an ideal world, you start with, we want an Airbnb. What is the best way to go about this to get financial reimbursement? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ideally, if Not you're if you're trying to run it as a business, you want to be cash flow positive each year. So if you buy a $500,000 place, you might have a $4,000 a month mortgage. Can you look at those stats and go, okay, it's going to definitely be over 4000 because you, that doesn't include electricity and utilities and all that stuff, cleaning fees, so you want to think about, you know, what's the mortgage going to look like? What are the what are those extra expenses going to be? And then use that data from something like AirDNA to go like, okay, this actually does make sense while we're building equity. Now, what I've seen and what I've learned since is it's more the mid-level properties that you can still rent out for two two fifty a night, but you only spent between one hundred and fifty and two hundred and fifty on them. Um, now that's not an option of getting on the lake where we are. You cannot get something for two hundred. Not on, on this the lake. lake, but we could have gotten a plot of land and put a tiny home on it. So here's the thing: is I think there are two groups of people thinking about an Airbnb. There's people who want an investment, mm-hmm. and there are people who want a second home in a location they love, and they just want some help. Kirby was like, one of those people, and I was the other. Yeah. Yeah, but now now that we have it, we do use it. We're going out there this weekend. That's going to be great because it's rented all summer, so we're it not going to have a chance to stay out there um, as our family. But so that that is that's kind of where we settled is in this in between point of this year. We will we will probably get very close, if not a little bit, over covering the mortgage, and that's because we had some construction delays when we remodeled. Um, next year, I think it will be a combination of we'll get to use it, and it will actually generate some money not it is as hard much to say money no as to the could. money though so like right now as it's sitting the last week of august and labor day weekend is open like and it's so just much money like on that, though. oh man should we take it off airbnb should we do it should we just be selfish and take that for ourselves but that's like a three thousand dollar week yep and it's so like mm, it's really hard to say no to that money so we're probably not going to you can take it and go <laughs> to a smaller airbnb Hey, she slayers. I just wanted to take a moment to ask you, have you heard of PX? I don't know. Have I mentioned them before? <laughs> so they're practically everywhere these days. And I am so excited to have them as a sponsor on our show because they are on a mission that I can seriously get behind. So Dr. Tony and his team have designed a pediatric prenatal and family chiropractic training program that has online and live event training opportunities to learn step-by-step the science, clinical protocols, and business systems behind building a thriving pediatric and family chiropractic practice. Now, here's what's extra cool. It doesn't matter if you're a student, startup, or practicing chiropractor. I mean, I am a member and I've been in practice for over 12 years now. Each and every bit of their training is applicable to you and where you're at. I've been a part of PX for a while now, and I can say that there's no one better in the space to lead you and to lead this profession than Dr. Tony and his team. 
If you want to take your practice to the next level in serving more kiddos and families in your community, then you must check out PX. I will drop a link in the show notes so you can head over to thepediatricexperience.com and let them know She Slays the Podcast sent you there for a special little bonus. Hey, She Slayers, I've partnered with Well Aligned and Above Down Apparel to give all of my listeners something really special. So listen up, don't skip. A free premium t-shirt, okay? You get a free t-shirt. So just head over to wellaligned.com forward slash She Slays to claim your listener offer. That's all you gotta do. Above Down has the coolest and most comfy chiropractic tees that showcase your personality. My favorite is the Mabel. I love it. Um, They're super soft and a great conversation starter if you do seek conversation with, you know, your patients. We call it table talk. What more can you ask for? So I've also been using well-aligned materials for years to educate my patients. They have high-quality ROF folders, patient handouts, office forms, posters, and a ton more. So why recreate the wheel when there's a perfectly designed communication tool ready for you to help educate and inform? Head over to wellaligned.com forward slash she slays to claim your free t-shirt. And I'll drop a link in the show notes so you can check it out. I'd like to take a moment to thank one of our primary sponsors of the podcast, Insight CLA. The Insight tech moves the message off the spine and into the nervous system where the magic of the adjustments can be measured and tracked. Everyone from newborns to seniors are being scanned in my practice and in thousands of other practices like ours so they can be examined and inspired to choose chiropractic care. It's like an instant referral machine because the scans are so visible and informative. Like what patient wouldn't want to know how their nervous system is performing? The staff at CLA are ready to take care of you and answer any questions you may have. They also have an incredible online academy that can help train everyone in the office and help them to feel confident on how to get perfect scans and how to interpret the results. We have been using the Insight technology in our clinics for over seven years now, and it is a complete game changer for conversion, retention, and patient education. Click the link below in the show notes as She Slays listeners get preferred pricing and hundreds of dollars off their purchase. So, so this is a big part of what, so we, we did do a renovation on it the first winter we had it. And a big part of that, that was actually a good business decision. So we had already bought the property and we realized if we, it had an unfinished basement. So it was like 1500 square feet of finished house. Yeah, it was only a one bedroom, one bath, one bedroom, one bath, unfinished yeah. walkout basement. So when we went and thought Facing about like, who do we want to rent this to? We thought families and maybe like a couple families and we had an unfinished basement. So we added on the entire basement, which has a kid's room with bunk beds and then a big room that has two queen beds. Um, that can fit adults, another bathroom down there, another living room. So we we spent that fifty thousand and now we more than doubled or we yeah, we doubled our nightly rate at least and for summer months it sometimes tripled. Um so that fifty thousand actually started to make it a good investment because we're bringing in enough that could actually support it. We would have had to been at like seventy five or eighty percent occupancy with just the upstairs. And, and with, which is what website is the one that tells you? Is it Price Labs or Air DNA that tells you like the normal occupancy rate for that area? Air DNA tells you the normal occupancy rate, um, but Price Labs is another tool that we use that 
is tying into all the background data on Airbnb that auto smart prices. So it knows like what dates it should charge more for, and you can still go in and manually change them. But when we put it in, like if we had a normal $350 a night rate, it knew like fourth of Ju- the weekend before 4th of July and the weekend after 4th of July are $700 a night. And it set that. Yeah. Of saying like this is what this is what you can get for it. Everything else is already booked and they booked at, you know, twice normal rates. Right. So it's hard because when people say like that what people want to do is like, so would you do it again? And it's like yeah, yes. I love having this home for our family. We could not have afforded to okay, so we could have afforded to sell our house and move into a home like this. But I don't know what's about there. We'd have been way out of town. Um, so all the girls me. all the girls' school stuff would have been a half hour drive to I'd everything. Be fine with that. I mean, I grew up with it, so I'm used to like you Is go. Is that get... the only reason we don't live there? No, it's it's not well, especially when we bought it, it was not set up for our life of like it's a little smaller than our primary house. Um we would have been We'd have just been farther away from all the stuff. You'd have been commuting to work every like I know you um, say you don't mind, but like adding an extra twenty minutes to your drive every day both ways would have would have changed things. All right. Well, anyways, Kirby's not selling me on why we aren't living in our Airbnb right now. But um I think that if we looked at the amount of money that we're in and we were truly going Let's make this, we have that amount of money to spend. Let's make it as cash flow positive as possible, as fast. What would you have done differently? I think if we took that same amount of money, we probably could partner with my parents on their farm because they have a farm on a small lake, uh, build tiny homes that can only fit like two people. So yeah, it's like that's couples, like the... couples get away. You can still get $150 to $200 a night mm-hmm. for a cute little tiny home. Oh, and don't provide electricity and water and you can probably charge $250. Yeah, like, people are crazy. Yurts are like for real a thing right now. So if you aren't looking for something that your family needs to go into, the like best thing happening right now or like, you know, the really great niche is those like find yeah. yourself a- Airbnb highlights them they're called like unique stays mm-hmm. or like glamping or whatever yeah. people will still pay a ton for that and so yeah that that's what I would do is probably tiny homes I would probably do electricity and water just to appeal to more people um but we could for what we paid we could probably build three or four of those mm-hmm. and each one of those could generate two hundred dollars a night with fairly a clean turnover too because that's the other part about hosting families and having dog friendly stuff is our cleaning schedule in a large house is fairly rigorous now takes a long time we have to pay for that every time versus if a couple comes for a couple nights you know and there's only one bed to change and it's small so they're not going to bring in a ton Mm -hmm. of stuff that's an easier turnaround yeah yeah i would say that people do not have any idea the number one headache besides like you need to pay for this house now um, and like worrying about your booking is the cleaning. The cleaning is the hardest part. I remember um, because we weren't, we were planning on me just cleaning it, Kirby and me cleaning it for the first month or two because we put it on the market beginning of August and we were expecting like, oh, maybe two or three people will rent it. Look completely booked up August and most of September and early October. Yeah, right away. 
And so it was like the third time I was cleaning it and I was starting to become like legit OCD about it um, because you realize that like as you're making the bed, okay, and it's like white sheets, um, if a single one of my hair accidentally like- And you shed. Well, I have long fake hair, okay? It falls out. It's not my fault that whoever owned this hair before me, um, it doesn't stay in. Anyways, so like it's very possible that like as I'm making the bed, one of my hairs could fall on there. And what if I don't see it? And that's like so gross. Oh, like, they, like crawling peel into back bed, the bed and it's and like, the... oh, there's a hair. Like it's that level of where you're like, oh yeah, that would be gross. You know, like, oh, just every single thing. You are cleaning this house more than you clean like it's like a spring cleaning every single time you are looking for smudges hair just all of these things and then the worst part is besides the ocd that starts to develop and neuroticism um then you come home to your house that is dirty as f you just spent Four hours obsessively worrying about every smudge, every speck of dust, every like little thing on every glass. Because that's the thing is you, you know, part of the cleaning is we pull out all of the plates and just make sure that nobody accidentally put a plate away. Yeah, because a guest could wash it and it could have something on it and they go, ah, good enough and toss it back in. Like the next guest doesn't understand at every wine glass to make sure that there's not residual lipstick. Like it's... It's intense. It's really intense. And then you just come home to your shithole and you're like, my God, does anybody else care that we live in a garbage fire? Well, and the re- the reason that you do have to clean to that level is, and I don't think anyone who hasn't hosted knows this, is like Airbnb is really, really nice to the guests, but are brutal on the owners. So when you're rate- rating an Airbnb and you go like, yeah, it was pretty good. I mean, it was mostly clean three or four stars, like a couple little things. Like that's how normal people would normally rate something. But with Airbnb, if you don't have a five-star rating, or I think you have to average at least a 4.8, you aren't eligible for Superhost, which means your listing gets shown farther down. So when you want to be a Superhost, which you everyone aspires to be so that you can get your, your listing seen, you have to just constantly be looking for every little thing and airbnb's rating system isn't normal it's not like four out of five is usually pretty great i've stayed at pretty good hotels and been like yeah it was four out of five you need to get five star reviews from every one of your guests and if you don't it hurts you yeah yeah so it and then the other thing is is like as a as a business owner as business owners Mm -hmm. we had spent 12 years like where this is a part of our identity if somebody doesn't love this, we take this personal, we make changes. And then you're, so then you carry that into this where somebody gives you a four star and they're like, eh, the, I don't know. Yeah. What the if- house was great. We had an amazing time. There was a tuft of dog hair near the lamp in the, you know, sitting room. And four stars. Like, and you're just like, oh my God, I'm a, I'm a terrible person. I'm doing a bad job at this. And so, yeah. So there's been some reckoning that's needed to happen of like, listen, this is not our day job and we're going to do our damn best. Um, also, so this is a big thing to think about where you're looking is if there, if you're in like Northern Wisconsin or in rural areas, finding cleaning people is difficult. Yes. So like if you're going to rent or buy an Airbnb in Madison, 
there are cleaning services, um, professional cleaning services that will come in and whip through and do all this stuff. Probably experienced hotel cleaners who yes. know all the steps and all the tricks. Yeah. But yeah. Like our, some woman named Jay. Yeah. Our neighbor. Our neighbor. 60 years old. She does a good job. She does a great job. She does a great job, but she's a real human. And, you know, like things are going to get missed. And, you know, so it's just, and that's a hard thing to communicate to your guests too, where it's like, I know you came from Chicago and you expected, but I mean, one of the people, I think they still gave us five stars, but was uh, voiced frustration that they found a cobweb in a door frame, like yeah. on the hinge side. Like a, and she sent me a picture and it was a cobweb that was about the size of half of a dollar bill. Um, and it was in the hinge side and it was like. In a cabin yeah. in northern Wisconsin. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. There are spiders there and we do our best to ask them to leave you alone. But they apparently hated you. Mouse turds, you know, like just stuff that you're like, yeah, it is a cabin. So it's almost to our fault that we made it cute because like if you would have just been like, this is what it is. Yeah, I I do have a friend who rents out his cabin really near us and it's very rustic and it's just one of those like been in the family 80 years cabins with old mismatched furniture. But people see that, I mean, like, so that that is another key point is you have to be very clear on your listing. And that's the lesson that we've kind of learned too, is if it's listed in your house rules or in your listing, and then people complain about it on Airbnb, if you can show that there was a reasonable expectation for them to expect that, then Airbnb can remove some of those negative reviews. So if we say we are a dog-friendly home, we do have it professionally cleaned every time between guests, but being a dog-friendly home, there may be a stray he hair here or there, then if someone said, like, I found a hair, we'd be like, that was in the listing. So it's just a rule to protect some of the owners and the hosts. So if someone comes and you said, like, I don't have AC, and then someone gives you a two-star review because there's no AC, it's like, that's not my problem. That's your problem. Right. Um, property management companies, would you do one if... The ones around here that I've seen, one, I saw several negative reviews um, and two, it was not as clear of what they would do and what they would cost. Right. So I thought it was like they take 10% of revenue and they take care of everything. What they do is they take 10% of revenue and then help you find a lawn service and help you find a cleaning service, which I'm sure they're getting a kickback on. I think there are property management companies that take closer to 30% and they do all the marketing, all the cleaning, all the everything. And that's where for us personally, it didn't make sense because, you know, they go like, well, here's the advantages. We'll have a professional photographer come in and shoot your space and we'll have professional marketing copywriters write your stuff. It's like, well, we do that. Yeah. So for us, it didn't make sense. Um, but if I was having something managed like on the other side of the country, like, well, we, then you have to, then yeah. you have to, but we also had someone, um, in the multi-passionate chiropreneur who said they have one in Orlando and they found a real estate agent. It wasn't Orlando. It was, I thought it was in Florida somewhere. It's in Florida. Well, oh, okay. there are more Not, cities in Florida. only Orlando. <laughs> the mouse is all, um, no, but they had someone who like, they had a real estate agent mm -hmm. who knew people who ran a management company. And so they had kind of a soup to nuts setup where it was like buy this place go in with these people and you get you'll stay there when you stay there and then weren't we 
going to, weren't we going to talk to her? Because she said like, there's a real estate group that like, if you're like, I want to buy an Airbnb, there's like specific realtors that exist for like. Who understand who the industry understand and the have industry. the connections. Yeah. And we, why were we going to talk to one? Oh, cause for Cabo. Yep. That's right. We were going to talk. I was like, wait, were we looking at another Airbnb? Are we lunatics? We were thinking long-term planning, what to do with our money to have the- Long-term, like six to 12 months, right? Jesus Christ. We are still paying for this one. We're still <laughs> paying for the borrowed money for the down payment. <sighs> Slow. No, I'm trying to think of other things because like from the standpoint of what, what else was a what else was a surprise or or something that- It's just people. Like you gotta, yeah. you gotta deal with people. Like it's, it's, I don't know. You like people. I, I don't. You kind of learn as you go to of as people complain or as they have an issue, then you, it's, it's like a business of like, you find out where the problems are when you're faced with them and then you try to find a system to fix it. So, you know, we had someone who couldn't change the propane tank when it went out on the gas grill and it was one of our first guests. So I was driving out there at nine 30 at night to change it. Then the next between stays, we shot a video of how to change the propane grill and put a link to it in the house manual so that hopefully I'm not having to do that. Yep. Systems and procedures. So mm. you just view it like a business and yeah. Okay. Um, what else do we need to cover? Um, oh, one thing that we didn't mention is, and, and a lot of this is in the host coach. So I would recommend if you're thinking about this to read a couple books, at least on Airbnb to get different philosophies. Um, but one thing that we did is we are only on Airbnb. Um, we thought about yeah. doing Airbnb and VRBO and booking.com, but you want to feed the algorithm. And if Airbnb is only getting a third of your bookings, it's assuming that you have low traffic for that site or that you're not open very often. But when you feed Airbnb all your stuff, then they know that you are at 70% 70 occupancy. They know all the traffic for your place is coming there versus dividing your traffic among two or three or four sources. And then they go like, oh, we're not going to show this one often because it doesn't get looked at that often. Right. Um, if you, another thing that if you are considering, I do recommend you spend a month living inside of the Airbnb Facebook group. Oh my God. Those okay. monsters. Okay. So it is the most vile group of people I've ever seen. Um, I think some people are there just to troll. Like. Oh my I mean, there are people on there that are like taking this way too seriously. Like, and for all I know, maybe they're making like millions of dollars and like this is absolutely their day job. And they're like pissed off that anybody would not take this as seriously. Like people expect hotel level customer. Like it's insane. I saw one the other day where the it seemed like a fairly naive host new to it said like, I just had a guest leave. Um, the sheets were stained. You know, she probably didn't mean to, but like that time of the month and the risk and like, so should I send a request for new sheets, like $50 or whatever. And the range of responses came from like, that's part of the business. You eat that cost. Welcome to Airbnb hosting idiot to like any decent person would have gone out and bought you new sheets before you had to even ask. <laughs> It was, they were just, no one is kind there and everyone is talking okay, to you Okay, but if like you do idiot. read through the comments, occasionally there will be one person that is be, will be like, here's what I would do. And it's like, all right, thank you. That was actually helpful. But the reason that we stay is because you do, you do learn like, 
that is a reasonable thing of like, am I just supposed to eat that cost or should I send a request for funds? Is this like this person just sent me this message? Uh, how do I respond to this? And so I feel like reading through um, troubleshooting, you do learn this world a little bit of like, because there are legit scams out there. I've yep. seen I've seen a couple different scams where like people will come stay a week and then afterwards report that there were like bed bugs and they want a full weeks. Yeah, um, they want their they want their stay comped. Complete. But they don't complain until the last day or they say something little in the middle and then they use that as like, a, you know, how many days off can you give me so that I can give you a five star review? Like people who know the game can take advantage of you. Thankfully, we hadn't had to deal with that too much. Not really. But yeah, that sorry, we have definitely told. Yeah, um, that was go back to last summer and you can hear about our fourth guest and the how we had to basically tell them they could leave if they didn't like it and they did and so we gave them the one free night stay but they would have stayed for three more days and then wanted probably given us a low review and wanted money off yeah so so yeah if you um want if you're worried about dealing with people go to that facebook group and you will get to see all the types of because I mean, we're just waiting for it mm -hmm. i mean you deal with 30 bookings a year you, gonna have you're gonna have some crazies you're gonna have some stuff break you're gonna have some stuff go wrong in your house that you have to fix thankfully knock on i mean it's gonna happen this you summer might have a murder no that's not what i was going i know that you have <laughs> that's not where i was I told going them that story so i don't need to retell it no i'm saying this summer we're gonna have because there are storms and there's a bunch of trees we're gonna have the power go out while a guest is there mm -hmm. so that's something we and need then to we're gonna murder them <laughs> it's the perfect crime <laughs> So we might be buying a generator on short notice. Um, do you want to talk about your... Uh, so one of the things that Airbnb is really pushing right now is add-ons. You want to talk about your boat business? Not really. I know. Kirby's having a bad week. So my brother and I decided it would be a smart idea for us to start a boat rental business because uh, there's... Okay, actually, I'm sorry. I'm going to take credit for this. This was my idea. I mean, I think there's simultaneous creation because it's not like it's like you said we should start teaching underwater basket weaving classes right no we it's not like i came up Airbnb. with the idea i was like um this is a major beautiful lake that there's not um, there's like one place that you can rent a crappy pontoon yeah so i was like opportunity knocks go do it kirby so we decided that we we're going to get this going so we each you know put up half the money for this pontoon drive to go get it it looks amazing bring it back and it is a two-stroke motor which, you've know, which we've learned which we've learned <laughs> are notoriously finicky so even when we could get it to run it was not something that you could rent out to someone like you can't give them the instructions of like okay it only idles for a second <laughs> but as soon as it starts idling slam it into reverse <laughs> and as long as you're going full throttle it runs really good but if you do stop to swim you're probably going to need about 20 minutes to get it started again <laughs> yeah you can't rent that out so we spent all of last summer dealing with this boat and finally at the end of the year we we get it back up to the repair shop and they say like we've cleaned the carburetors everything we took it out on the lake it works great we winterized it for you it'll run like a dream next spring we're still questioning of like even a two-stroke that runs like a dream is not ideal for renters so let's go buy uh, a different pontoon with a four-stroke motor and then we'll see if we want to swap motors or just go with the new one that was this past weekend we bought it so on monday morning bright-eyed and bushy-tailed we go pick it up drive it directly to the lake 
start driving it around and the motor is sputtering. And like, as you're going at, you know, half power, it's going, so it's jerking you forward and back too. (laughs) And they had told us it runs like a dream and we'd already paid them. So we sit down after that and go, what the hell are we going to do? We have two shitty boats. We have two (laughs) boats that we cannot rent. We are the worst boat rental business in the world. So we pulled the trigger on just it's going. It's like you have no background in we have, mechanics or boats or we, motors. We grew up on a lake, but we were farmers. Like we just took a kayak out. We didn't do anything. Um, so we decided to return it. We just brought it back to the place that we, we got it from. And uh, through some difficult text conversations with people who weren't great at communicating, eventually they wrote us the check back. So now we are on the hunt for a new boat, but we thought maybe that one they fixed last year is just going to work great. And maybe our problem is already solved and we just haven't put it in the water yet. So yesterday we took the other boat, the two stroke out and thought this is going to be it. It's going to work. It never started. We got it in the water. (laughs) It never started. And it was so windy that we were up to our chest in the water trying to push a pontoon that was trying to blow away from us back onto the boat landing. <laughs> Sounds like an absolute clusterfuck. And three old people at the boat landing are watching us and they're like, we thought about helping you, but that water looked cold. <laughs> so, but um, let's talk about why we made it a separate oh, yeah. thing versus like you can rent the Airbnb and the pontoon comes with it. Yeah. So or we pay extra through us. Yeah. So we started a separate LLC just because we know when people are ranking the Airbnb, they're ranking the experience. So if they, you know, say they rented for 400 a night and they rented the pontoon for 250, there's a couple things here. Psychologically, now they're all tying that expense together and they're thinking about how expensive this place is. They're thinking like, oh my God, this is. 650 a night or 750 a night because they're including the pontoon rental in there. The other part of it is if they have problems with the pontoon or it rained for two of the four days they were there and they didn't even get to use it, but they paid for it. Now they're, when they go to review, they're thinking, how is my overall experience with this Airbnb? That might be a three-star experience, but if they had a great time at the Airbnb We can't control the weather. We can't control that the pontoon sputtered out while they're in the middle of the lake. If that's on a separate company, you can give Brill Boat Rentals a poor review. And that doesn't really matter that much because people just need pontoons. But if you tank our Airbnb rating, that's serious money that could go. Serious. So, so yeah, it's... It's a journey. We're learning as we go. So if anyone has a really good working four-stroke engine <laughs> with a pontoon with a nice layout so it's not like the weird fishing ones, I don't like those. Are there fishing pontoons? So like, you know, ours has all like the beds all the way around. Yeah. That's like a leisure layout for Ooh. a pontoon. But there are fishing pontoons where there's like those single swivel fishing chairs oh. on like posts, like two of them in the yeah. front, two of them in the back. So it's like a fishing pontoon yep. that See, fits See, look at all the people. things you've learned. Now I'm trying to also get Kirby to buy a Jeep Wrangler so we can do a Turo Mm -hmm. with it. Which would be its own separate thing too for very similar reasons. Yeah. Yeah. So just living that, living that dream life over here, (laughs) learning about boats and wallpaper and backhoes and berms full of bees. Full of bees. (laughs) Definitely a bunch of bees in, in the dirt while trying to clear out lakeside berm. It's funny that we own all of the toys of like a wealthy leisure living people, 
but we only use them to try to make money and we don't get to enjoy them. Yep. Yep. That is. We've got two boats and a lake house that we don't use because <laughs> we can't because other people are renting One day it from though. Us. One day. Yeah. We're doing, we're making these moves in our late thirties. So like, you know, when we're in our fifties, we can do something. Yeah. It's very possible by the time the girls are off to college, we would own free and clear most if not all most of the place and we would own the boats and we would have businesses that can keep running if we want or if we want to shut it down and just live there mm-hmm. we could do it yeah there was a tiktok going around that was like everybody should buy a house for their children when they're born and they mm-hmm. talked about how like and by the time the kid goes to college they can either sell the house for money or they can like rent it out or i don't know what the tiktok i think that's yeah i think that's a dave ramsey thing but it's also one of those funny things of like yeah why didn't you buy a house for your kid when they were born because we didn't have money to buy a second house joking (laughs) i know um all right any final thoughts overall the experience has been good kind of like i was saying in the prayer while we were going through it i was exhausted and frustrated and worried that like i don't know how to do any of this like i you know know a little bit out of how to work a chainsaw and i can you know do manual labor but i was very nervous about the construction and all the figuring out and calling people and landscapers and all that Um, but having done it i learned a bunch of new skills and it's one of the things i'm proudest of in my life was taking that leap and having to figure things out and realizing i can figure out more stuff than i thought and I learned that my ADHD is borderline needing medication. <laughs> yeah, that's medication would cost a lot less. <laughs> okay, well, thank you for doing this podcast episode with me. Thank you for having me on. And if you have any questions, you know, shoot me questions. We'll answer them. Um, but yeah, this was the the way that we answered all the questions in the last year, being like. You own an Airbnb, right? Would you do it again? Mm, that's a loaded question. Let me. A lot goes into it. Record an episode for you. All right. So until next week, she slayers. Bye. Bye. Hey, she slayers. Are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? Sked has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast, and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait.